Now entering Nerdist.com. You made it weird. You made it weird. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird. You made it weird. Yes, you did. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird with Pete Holmes. What's happening, weirdos? Uh, I'm a little bit sad. This is the uh, four, final four of four. This is the last ROMcast that I recorded while I was in uh, Maui. This one is with the wonderful Parvati Marcus. She is the author of the book Love Everyone that we've been talking about uh, each of these episodes, at least in part, which is wonderful stories about uh, Maharaji and all these devotees and all these really kind of interesting, trippy, amazing experiences that are a lot of fun to talk about and hear about. So uh, if you're enjoying them, you're going to love this one. And uh, if you're not, <laughs> why, am I, why am I addressing the people that aren't? I hope you enjoy. I had a great time. Uh, so let's get into it as quickly as possible. There's uh, nothing much to promote uh, on my end. If you go to PeteHolmes.com, they have all the t-shirts and stuff that you could possibly, that you could possibly want as long as they're the 15 t-shirts that we have. <laughs> and the sponsor is, uh, today's episode is brought to you by Squarespace. We love Squarespace. They're always sponsoring us. We really appreciate it. And as you know, Squarespace is the easiest way to create a beautiful website, blog, or online store for you and your ideas. Squarespace features an elegant interface, beautiful templates, and incredible 24-7 customer support. So start building your website today at squarespace.com and enter offer code WEIRD at checkout to get 10% off. Squarespace, you should. Get into it, guys. Enjoy Parvati. And uh, we will. I'm, I'm going to see if I can keep, keep this up as long as I can, where we do like a kind of more in-depth or whatever you want to call it, mystical, weird, uh, spiritual one on Fridays. And as long as I can find good people for Fridays, we'll do it. And if not, we'll just put them out on Wednesdays. <laughs> Either way, enjoy. Get into it. Uh, we're recording, by the way, we'll, but we'll just talk. We'll talk. I do like to say up top that you're welcome, and I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> I, I mean, just the and conversation. Thank you for having me yeah, here. Yeah, of course. Yes. Uh, I'm speaking to myself as well. You don't have to feel like you need to perform or anything. It's just whatever happens. And, happens, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, but you, you've done a bunch of interviews, so you uh, must have learned a lot about this. I did. Going, yeah. Making people comfortable. I mean, did you ever encounter Well, first somebody? of all, we're talking about Maharaji. Yeah. I mean... <clears throat> Come on, it's not that hard. Yeah, nobody. You know, nobody is reluctant yeah. to talk about that. Well, they like, that's what I've noticed. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> People are gushing to talk about it. And this is, you're going to be the fourth and final podcast I do. Uh-huh. And they're all <clears throat> about this man. And that's, it's kind of a crash course for my listeners. Mm-hmm. But something that I think is interesting is I saw KD uh, yesterday, and he came over, and I was kind of struggling with um, miracles and magic. Mm-hmm. And he came over and really just kind of said some really beautiful things, but then he told me a story about Maharaji, which I had heard before, but of course he's heard it a million times, but there he was not only willing to tell it, but he, he got him, he refelt it. Mm -hmm. You know, you knew what I was going at, right? Yeah. He started uh, crying, not, you know, bawling or weeping or anything, but he was tearing up and Mm -hmm. going back there with the fondness of... Uh, a parent or something, but like a, a parent more so, a bigger parent. Well, it's going back <clears throat> into that space of love, which is such an extraordinary space, you know. Um, and and anything that touches it, you know, and touches your heart that way mm. is going to do that. I think that's yeah. interesting. But I don't know if a lot of people, I'll just speak for myself. Yeah. I don't have too many things 
that I can think of that make me cry. Mm-hmm. And that sometimes makes me feel a little bit emotionally left out. I know people that can be more, you could say open-hearted, or you could say fragile, or you could say volatile, or whatever you want. Yeah. I prefer open-hearted, but... Some people cry, uh, some people laugh. I mean, I remember... <laughs> we talked about that. When Radha and I had our first darshan, uh, you know, together, and yeah. and the energy was just so extraordinary that your choice was sort of, I'm either going to burst out crying... Yeah. Or I'm going to start laughing. And we just started laughing. Right. And then Maharaj, you whipped around on the tucket and looked at us and went, shh, like this, and made us laugh even much more. That is, that's so fascinating. Yeah. And, you know, there aren't too many stories about um, yeah. Jesus doing stuff like that. But having somebody that's in a similar space, that's right. so silly. You and I were talking about the playfulness and, and the right. joy of being around a person that gets the cosmic joke. Right, big time. (laughs) That you're in India, and you're a woman, and you're coming in. And didn't you tell me the story of kissing him? Yes, what happened was that uh, normally sitting in front of him, he's sitting on his tucket, and we were up in the mountains, and I had been named Parvati, who's the wife of Lord Shiva. Yeah, and to no me, pressure. Maharaji was Shiva. <laughs> okay, you know, I mean, and he was enormous to me, like the mountains. I mean, yeah. just vast. Yeah, just the quantity, quality of him was just such vastness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then one day we walked in, and he was sitting on the ground, and there were some Indian women sitting around him. But I looked at him, and he looked like a small child to me. Yeah, you know, and I went over and I kissed the top of his head, and all the Indian women went. <gasps> Like, oh my God, like, yeah. what did you do? <laughs> type yeah. of thing, you yeah. know? That's obviously not normal. Um, obviously, there was something <laughs> incorrect in yeah. what I did, you know? Right. And, but the next time that he had a group of women, Indian women, sitting around him, he beckoned me over and pointed to the top of his head. Yeah. <laughs> like, do it again. Let's shake these women up. <laughs> He's in on the joke. He's in on the joke. And that was something yeah. I remember growing up uh, evangelical, always being worried of making a joke. And God, my idea of, All I right. call it the lifeguard God, watching and judging. <laughs> the lifeguard God. I love that. <laughs> I worried about the lifeguard God being mad. Mm. You know, it still happens. When Katie did the... Uh, podcast a couple night, days ago, I would make Jesus jokes at Calm Jeezy or whatever right, it was, right. silly stuff. Yeah. And I still will sometimes get a little twinge of like, but then you, you, I remember these yeah. people seem to understand everything. How mm-hmm. could they not understand? How could they not understand your right. joke or your yeah. perspective? And he made us laugh. I mean, he just really made... He, it was such fun. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Being with him. Not always. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you talk about going to the river and crying. But let's yeah. stay on the fun for a second. Okay. <laughs> just for a minute. We'll get to the crying. We'll get there later. Or to the um, yeah. feeling of unworthiness or whatever that was. Mm-hmm. But, the, you know, religious people, religious leaders... Mm-hmm. I mean, especially now, it it's always seems very unfun, or it seems phony fun, which I would say is even worse even to worse. Someone, yeah. someone like me, yeah. which is the plastered on smile and the phony blow. It might not be, it might be my projection. Maybe it's incredibly authentic, but it just doesn't... You know it when, you, you know, you know how you feel. Yeah. And if it doesn't feel right, it's yeah. not. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know? Well, it's interesting, you know, growing up, uh, I remember a, a friend of mine in Chicago, his name was Kane Collier, used to talk about... In church, we would say all these wonderful, miraculous, talking about infinite love and grace and peace and all these things, but everybody was singing it in a monotone and being very bored. Oh. And, there, and, and that's, that's a paradox, of course. Yeah, right. And then there's something about being here and, you know, chanting in Sanskrit, 
and my mother is somewhere angry and she doesn't know why, you know, like, or upset <laughs> because I'm probably here doing something strange to her. Yeah. But you hear people cheering and you see people crying and you see people are stomping their feet. And right. like we said, even doing silly conga lines or whatever it was yeah. that comes out of them. But then I'm like, oh, they're making joyful noises. I've heard, I've, I've heard that my whole life. Right. Make a Make joyful, a joyful noise. noise unto the Lord. Exactly. And right. I was always like, we do, but yeah. it's uh, it's a lame drum solo with the soft sticks. You right. know? <laughs> it's funny. I, I remember. I mean, it's in the book of Mirabai Bush. You know, is one of the people you've seen. Mm. You know, this past week, and uh, she grew up Catholic. And when um, she got to Maharaji, when she was on the bus. You know, the famous bus ride that wound up in Allahabad, where Ramdas was talking about how he made a decision, and obviously he hadn't, mm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. type of thing. And they were at Dada's house, and everybody's wearing their white clothes, their yogi clothes at the time, and dancing around in this rose garden in the back of Dada's house, and she goes, growing up as a Catholic girl, this is what I always felt like heaven was going to be. Mm. This is heaven. Yeah, you know, I've had that exact yeah. feeling, and I know Valerie, my girlfriend, has too. Yeah. There's something about agreement. Well, what is love? I, I'm not trying to be funny or deep. Yeah, right. I, I, for me, love has a lot to do with agreement mm. and creating something, and you can't create without either agreeing with yourself or the medium or the other person you're with. So saying yes has a lot to yeah. do with love. Well, love is an interesting word. I mean, we only have one word for love. Mm. You know, we love our hamburgers, you know, we love our sports teams, yeah. we love the dress I'm wearing, you know, right. it's like... Yeah, we'll even be this yogurt is divine. divine. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, whereas Sanskrit has over 90 words for love. Mm. They have a word that means, you know, love of your brother, mm. love of your lover, <laughs> mm. you know, love of your house, of well, your you hear, place. You hear Katie your... saying, this is the name of God, it's kind of like you're whispering it in his ear like he's your lover or something, and I was like... Right. What? <laughs> we have uh, we don't have that. Uh, yeah, no. Mm. And there's every aspect possible of a love relationship. They have another word for it that mm. fine tunes that meaning. Mm-hmm. So when we, you know, I have people coming up to me going, you know, you wrote a book called Love Everyone. Do you love everyone? Yeah. And I go, no. But Maharaji didn't say we had to love everyone. I mean, had had to like everyone. Right. He just said we had to love everyone. That's it's so. Yeah. And it's it's recognizing that <clears throat> each one of us has that spark of the divine in us, right? And whether they are beheading somebody or they're you know flying a plane into a building or whatever yeah. it is, yeah. they still have that spark of the divine. It may be very well covered over, yeah. But you have to recognize. That and that's the place where you can love everyone. Rob Dust calls it, you know, soul to soul, you know, yeah. connecting to somebody's soul. Yeah, Duncan S- really blew my mind. Uh, we're, we're about to do Duncan's podcast after this, I think. Yeah, you and I are on a long, <laughs> long list. journey of blah, oh, a long list and a long journey of uh, doing a lot of blah blahing today. Right. That's what I'll be doing. <laughs> But um, he, he really blew my mind talking about the ego as your bodyguard. Mm. So you build it up to protect you. Mm-hmm. So I've been doing that this retreat. I see a lot of people where I'm like, you're a bit much or you're annoying. Stop taking photos of me while I'm meditating. <laughs> That's a real thing. And But then I just remember I'm like, they're just doing it because they're trying to protect themselves. They want to be loved. They want to be happy. Mm-hmm. They want to be safe. They want to be liked. And like, it may not be for me, right. but then I catch myself going... I'm, their bodyguard isn't my cup of tea, yeah. but I still, I'm trying to learn how to separate that. Yeah, it's, you don't have to like everyone. Heaven <laughs> knows, I certainly don't. Right, yeah. You know, 
there are well, certain people I've been avoiding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know... There are I mean, people that I don't know who I've been avoiding. Avoiding, right. Just the, the sense I get from it. Yeah. I'm not saying that in a magical way. I'm saying they remind me of somebody that I don't like their gait. I don't like their There's hair. There's some vibe that There's comes something. Up. It yeah. could be complete horseshit. Right. I'm not trying to sound mystical. I'm just like, that yeah. guy's not for me. I'm going to go over here. I don't right. know why. So I know what you're saying. Yeah. But, but on the other hand, you can look at that room of people, of 350 people, and feel tremendous compassion for every one of them sitting yeah. there and what brought them there and yeah. what they came for and mm-hmm. what are they taking home with them. Mm-hmm. And uh, The I, more we can blur it, though, the better. Yeah. I, I re- I'm a blur person. Uh. So it, we're just two, two gals talking. <laughs> but it's just like... <laughs> I get distracted by the holding on to it or whatever. I like the mm. eyes closed. And this is not to be better or worse. I'm just telling right. you. I'm looking for solidarity. I wonder if you're the same. Yeah. I want us to merge into one thing. As a performer, I want my audience to merge into one thing. Right. That's why Heckler is so offensive. Yeah. And here I want everyone to merge into one thing and well, try and forget. We didn't. We weren't even one thing in front of Maharaji. <laughs> I mean, you've got to understand that. I mean, there could be, you know... Maybe 15, 20 of us sitting mm-hmm. around. Not a big group, mm-hmm. you know, 10 people even. And, you know, we would have Darshan and Maharaji would say things. Darshan just means hangouts. Darshan mean, <laughs> literally like means hangout. sight of. It's like oh, you come okay. into the presence of. So I could have Darshan through a photo or I can have Darshan through, okay. you know, being with the person. But that's what we called it, having Darshan. Okay. Okay. And, uh, and everybody, if afterwards we would compare notes, mm. and everybody would have heard something different. Yeah. You know, everybody would hear what they were meant to hear mm. from inside them. They would get whatever mm. message it was, mm-hmm. even if they said exactly the same. Well, Ramdas talks about that. Yeah. He says, driving, four friends driving through a town, one's hungry, one's horny, one's whatever, tired. All the right. tired guy sees a motel, the hungry guy sees a restaurant, the horny guy sees all the girls or all whatever right. it is. Yeah. So it was kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah. But even more pointed because obviously he knew us all inside out and mm. upside down. I mean, you know, every which way. Mm. And he, he would be in the middle of a conversation with somebody over on this side of the tucket, you know, and you would be thinking something on this side. And all of a sudden he would whip around and do something that let you know he knew exactly what you were just thinking about. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm with that. You never yeah. got the sense in your, in our silly minds, our monkey minds, that uh, you were just like, yeah, I was guessing. Never. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's so interesting. We, yeah. The first thing, something yeah. miraculous happens. Yeah. Like, Katie told me a story. Yeah. We were talking about miracles, remember? Mm-hmm. She was like, I was in India, me and Ram Dass, and this uh, saint came up to us, held out his hand, and then like a jewel kind of materialized in his hand. Yeah. And I, I keep thinking about it. He's trying to get me to think less, excuse me. He's trying to get me to think less. He's like, stop going like, well, if that's true, then this is true, and this can't be true. And right. he's like, stop doing the, the kind of tree graph of yeah. the consequences of that. But I do catch myself being like, well, maybe it was transparent, and then he turned it into the light or something. You know, yeah. like I'm trying to do that. And if someone turns to me and says, watch it, and I happen to be thinking about whatever, whatever, right. something bad, quote unquote, yeah. I might have been like, lucky guess, but you didn't have that. No, first of all, he didn't do anything with judgment. 
I mean, you never would get watch out. You know, <laughs> that that wasn't it. Yeah. You know, it, it was subtle weight. I mean, it's like the story I told about meeting him in a photograph a year and a half before I went to India. Tell that story, please. Oh, okay. They haven't heard it. Happy to. <laughs> Hi there, folks. Um, <laughs> uh, what happened was that I met Ramdas in 1969 at his father's farm and spent the summer there. Mm-hmm. And uh, after that summer... The one I, with all the paint on it. I've seen it so many photos, right? His father on the golf course? On the golf course, yeah. We, yeah. We're, we're tenting around the golf course, yes. It's crazy. Um, it was crazy. And <laughs> it's it was, also crazy it, that you were there. It's, it's it was one, I mean, Woodstock was happening up the road, and yeah. only a few people went. I mean, that was... <laughs> That's an amazing detail. Yeah, right. Yeah. People thought that was this... Not that it wasn't something special, but that that's the epicenter of everything. And up right. the road, here's everyone... Everyone's at Woodstock. Yeah, yeah that's exactly. Crazy. That's crazy. So anyway, you know, and Ram Dass gave us our little wooden New Hampshire malas, mm-hmm. right? And little black and white photos of Maharaji. And that's what I left with, you know, after the summer. And I went to New York. I had to get a job so I could make money so I could go to India. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was clearly the direction my life was taking. Mm-hmm. And um, Again, though, can I interrupt? Yeah. Just the charge to do something. I, I just want to, I think yeah. we were talking about your son, Noah, who's wonderful, and, and the craving for purpose mm-hmm. that people my age and, and younger, Valerie is 26, I'm 36, and mm-hmm. we're all... I'm grateful that I have a passion, but like I love these stories. Right. Katie talks about seeing it in Ramdas's face, or he saw it in a friend's face when he got home from Ramdas. Uh-huh, and here right. you are meeting Ramdas. It's just enviable sounds negative. It's just beautiful that right. you see something, and, and it's like getting hit by lightning. It is. And I, here, here we are. We're, I'm not putting us down, but yeah. we're all looking at our phones and we're all streaming entertainment <laughs> constantly. Duncan said something very funny to me the yeah. other day. He said, "I mean," he said. What happened with you with Maharaji? He said, couldn't happen now. Imagine all these people sitting in front of Maharaji holding up their phones. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's kind of how I feel when people photograph my area while we're meditating. <laughs> right. I'm like, get out. You're in the way. Yeah, right. That's my own thing. But and collecting, collecting, collecting. You yeah. know, absolutely. Yeah. Collecting. Yeah. I love Ram Dass's quote. He goes, he's like, why do I hold on to photos or, or art, um, whatever, memorabilia or whatever right. you want to say? He's like, so later when I run out of now, I can look at this. I was just like, that's exactly it. Yeah. But I've, I've said the same thing on this podcast. There couldn't be a Jesus now mm-hmm. because we lost Jesus between 13 and 30, which is kind <laughs> of like, not. I don't want to say convenient, but right. it, it was good for the story. Now we'd have 10,000 photos of him when he was 13 Teen, right. being, acting a fool or whatever it might do that would break someone's heart. Right. We were talking about Maharaji losing his temper. Right. What if that went viral? Oh, here's your holy man yelling yeah, at the sky. And without un- understanding context whatsoever. There would be no context. There is right. no context. There is no context. There's only that picture. And then it would go on my Facebook feed, and right. it would be false saint yells at boy. Right. And would all unfollow and unlike the Maharaji page. And, yeah. But here you are, yeah. bored enough, open enough, <laughs> in the world enough, yeah. to have a message come to you that goes... Hey, you got to get a job so you can go to India. We're like, I got to get a job so I can pay Netflix. You know? <laughs> right. You're like, I need to go on a quest. It's like straight well, up when I met, stuff. When I met Ramdas, I mean, you were talking about an extraordinary meeting. I mean, yeah. 
I had taken acid for the first time three weeks before I met Ron Doss. Who gave that to you? I was uh, I was at a hippie farm in New Hampshire. Yeah. Uh, this is a, it's a much longer story. We won't go into it. <laughs> <laughs> and, but uh, after dinner one night, uh, somebody, had, some visitor that we had that night, came and put a little orange pill on everybody's plate and said, "Dessert," you know, little <laughs> little Osley sunshine. So I took it. I took it and um, went into the experience of oneness. I went yeah. right into that incredible experience of mm-hmm. oneness. Mm-hmm. You know, you could have aimed a gun at me and shot me in the gun and the bullet and the air it was going through, and the, it would all have been the same thing. It was. <laughs> all, you saw everything. It was all one gelatinous. <laughs> and as I came down from that trip, somebody handed me the Tibetan Book of the Dead, and I was reading it the next few days, going, "Wow, this is just what I experienced." These yeah. guys knew what they were talking about. Right, Ramdas calls them the maps. The maps. Here. I mean, there it was. Right. You know, the you, Bardos. I mean, it was yeah. like, wow. But here you're taking a, a, a substance that right. made you have, it forced a religious experience Very, on you. It did. And then, you know, three weeks later, I was at a party in Vermont with my cousin who taught at Goddard mm. up, at, up in Vermont. And there was some guy in the corner playing the guitar, so I naturally gravitated to the guy with the guitar. Yeah. And, as um, all women as do. As all women do. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he said, hey, you want to go meet a saint? And three weeks before, I would have said, no, they don't exist. Are you kidding me? Yeah. But because of that experience, I said, sure, why not? Yes. And so we drive up the driveway to Ramdas's father's farm. And Ramdas is standing outside the house. And he's wearing his, his white dress and his bare feet and his beard and doing his mala. And, yeah. And I'm looking at him. And of I'm, all the Ramdasses, I think that's my favorite Ramdas. Uh, right. And I, I, you know, I'm looking at him, and I haven't dropped anything, and I haven't smoked <clears throat> anything, and and I see light coming from him. Hmm. And I couldn't even speak. It was just so powerful. Hmm. And those extraordinary blue eyes of his, you know, just beaming. Mm-hmm. And he said to both of us, you know, go around in the woods, talk to the people who are here, we'll all get together tonight in mm. the barn. And there were maybe a dozen people there at the time, and each one it was like, where do I know you from? Where did you go to school? Where did you go to camp? Mm. Why do I know you? And well, you didn't know them. Well, we're talking about <laughs> uh, we're talking about you know the people who became you know Krishna Das and Ramesh Das and Radha and Mohan and I mean mm. the people I had found my tribe. Mm. But you didn't you hadn't met them yet. I hadn't. But I mean, I was uh, no, I was meeting them there. They yeah. were already living in the woods. Uh. Okay, <laughs> and it was just like. I don't understand. I don't know who these crazy people are. They're walking around going, Namaste. Hmm. You know, they're talking strange languages. I, I know nothing. Yeah. But I knew I belonged there. Hmm. It was just this instantaneous feeling that I belonged there. I moved in the next day. Hmm. You know. That You were talking about your spiritual lineage. That's right. That's what I'm too. talking about. You found your family. You found your family. And it felt right. Even though they were talking strange things and hmm. they were out there... In the woods, fasting and meditating, and I was sitting in the barn typing for Ramdas. Hmm. You know, it was. What like, do you mean you were? He was well, dictating. After three days of being there, he said one morning, "Can anybody here type?" I raised my hand, and at that time, he had already done his tour, you know, of the state. So hmm. he was getting snail mail, obviously. Hmm. You know, no cell phones, no computers. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. And. He would go on to a tape recorder and answer all the mail. Wow. And then I would sit and type it all up for him. 
Wow. So I became his secretary. Right? <laughs> Later, when I got to India, you know, at one point, Maharaji looked at me and he said, you used to be Ram Dass's secretary. He goes, now you're mine. <laughs> <laughs> he stole you. And in English, he used to call me all the time. He said, Private secretary. <laughs> so that was just like Krishnadas was driver or general. I mean, you know, Ramdas was commander in chief. I was private secretary. <laughs> so he westernized you guys a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. But so you meet Ramdas and you're like, you got to go to India is what we're getting right. towards. Because whatever Ramdas had, we wanted, we wanted it from the source. Hmm. It was like, Look what because I had seen him as Richard Alpert. Mm-hmm. I you know back in the days of the Fillmore East, you know him and Timothy Leary doing you know an evening with God. Mm-hmm. You know and mm-hmm. Leary was fascinating. You know it was like you know turn on, tune in, drop out, mm-hmm. playing the sitar. Ramdas got up at that point. He was Richard Alpert, and he was sort of boring and pedantic. Mm-hmm. And so meeting Ramdas after seeing Richard Alpert mm-hmm. was just mind blowing. Yeah. <laughs> and so whatever happened to him. I want that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. What if I've never heard that put that way? Yeah, that kind of like a boring fella. Um, yeah, he was a professor. You Terrence know, McKenna, was... you know Terrence McKenna. Yeah, he talks about that too. He yeah. he said that the psychedelics brought something out in him that mm. he used to be somebody that would start talking and people would walk Go away, away. <laughs> like just about at a party that he was just like a ultimately jump out of the planeable yeah. person, yeah. and then he became someone that everyone was like. Oh, a thousand people are here to listen to you. You're right. And so here's Ramdas. Obviously, not just the psychedelics. Uh, that's what interested him, like you. And then right. he had this experience there. Yeah, right. I mean, he went to India searching for what is this LSD? You know, what right. is this consciousness? What is? Right. You know, he wanted answers. Right. You know, and he found Maharaji. Yeah. And then you, yeah. what happened with you? So you got a job. You got so the money. got a job. When uh, anyway, I, I came back from that summer. And I went to visit a college friend of mine, and we split a tab of acid. Hmm. And it all split on my side. (laughs) (laughs) Very strong. (laughs) Blotter, you know. (laughs) And um, so nothing happened with her, but I was flying off into, you know, extraordinary initiation experiences and all sorts of things. It's like breaking a wishbone. Uh, Right. (laughs) I got it. (laughs) And the next day I was still tripping, but much lower planes. Mm -hmm. And I was home, and... I had, uh, I was getting scared. Hmm. You know, I was reaching, I was going into these like lower astral planes where all these hands were reaching up for help. I mean, it was, it was starting to get dark, dark and Mm. scary. And Ramdas was already at Lama Foundation. So there was no getting in touch with him. I mean, Mm. they didn't even have a phone. You know, I hadn't yet met Hilda Charlton, who became my first real teacher Mm-hmm. And so I had nobody to call and say, what do I do? So I sat in front of this little black and white picture that, of Maharaji that Ramdas had given me, clutching my New Hampshire mala mm-hmm. and reciting a mantra, which was, I'm scared and you've got to help me. I'm mm-hmm. scared and you've got to help me. Mm-hmm. And pretty soon the picture just dissolved in blue light. And I could see Maharaji in, mm-hmm. in there, mm-hmm. you know, and it was just... You know, an instant, but it was enough for me to know that he was there, and whatever I had to go through, I could go through. Mm. So, needless to say, I later got a much larger picture of Maharaji, <laughs> and I lived my life in front of that picture mm. and talked to it all the time. And mm. sometimes I would see him in it, and sometimes I wouldn't, you mm. know. 
But I didn't tell anybody this. I mean, you don't tell people you talk to pictures. Yeah. At least you didn't back then. Now I tell everybody. Yeah. <laughs> but you can't stop telling people. Now I can't yeah. stop telling. So I finally get to India, and I'm finally in front of Maharaji at the first darshan I have with him. And he leans over, and he looks at me, and he goes, you used to talk to my picture all the time. Hmm. And you asked many questions. Hmm. So it's that moment of, yes. He's always been with me. He's been, you know, and obviously beyond time and space, you know, and it's that thing of, you know, people now who come up to me and say, well, I look at Maharaji's picture. I talk to him. And I said, that's great. That's how I contacted him. You can do that too now. Mm. It doesn't matter that he doesn't have a body. Mm. He didn't need one then mm-hmm. to come take care of me when I was, you know, scared and you've got to help me. Mm-hmm. So now, then <laughs> yeah. you got to you're there and you're hanging out, and that yes, then I'm there. But I, but I know mm-hmm. at this point right away that he literally knows everything, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. clearly, <laughs> right? It's very wild. I, yeah. I mean, I, I've never met until I met uh, yeah. y'all, <laughs> y'all. Yeah. And I, now I know a bunch of people that seem to have had this experience that say they had this experience. Yeah. I'm interested in a lot of elements, obviously. One that you were mentioning today was the transition from Ramdas being the the, the guru mm-hmm. to the guy that brought you to the not to the real guru but the the greater guru I guess I yeah. don't know how to put it. Well, obviously, when we met Ramdas, you know, and he's transmitting Maharaji's you know essence. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what pulled us all to Ramdas was he smells like cookies and then you met a cookie <laughs> <laughs> you know he smelled like chocolate chips and then we met the chocolate bar you yeah. know it's like <laughs> but so he really was our teacher yeah I mean he was teaching us meditation he was teaching us you know mantra he was teaching us you know the one chant he knew Sri Ram J. Ram yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. all, all of that and it was wonderful and we totally loved him hmm. And still do, obviously. Mm-hmm. But when we got to India and we were with Maharaji, it was like you didn't want to hang out with Ram Dass. Mm-hmm. You want to be with Maharaji. Mm-hmm. And so he had to go through the shift of of being, you know, once everybody's teacher, now he's a guru by, which mm. just means he's one of the one of us. Mm. Just another guy. Uh, you know, a little bit different than just another guy, right. but still. Right. Our connection. Much more just another guy than he used to be. be. Yeah. I think that's very interesting. Yeah. I, my, I have a pretty um, healthy yeah. ego, and I think that would be hard for me. And I think it was hard for him. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so, how, then you saw him coping with that, and then the anger story I thought was very interesting as well. Well, uh, there were a number of things going on that all coalesced for that mm. particular story. One Can was, I say in a yeah. preface to this, what, what is so interesting to me is so many religious systems or holy man stories, to, in my opinion, get reduced into a series of ethics, rules. Mm. Mm. Um, and, and then we can go around and kind of gauge who's holy. This guy doesn't say motherfucker. This guy uh, doesn't yeah. sleep around. This guy doesn't do drugs. This guy doesn't even drink. You know, the Ned Flanders of it all. Yeah, right. Like these kind of very pious, for the sake of... Uh, piety. Piety, right. yes, seeming yeah. pious. And then when I hear the story, everybody loves talking about Jesus and the tax collectors and the temple, like knocking over the tables and stuff. But I've never heard so many stories of somebody that had a disregard, a great cosmic joke disregard for ceremony or taking anything seriously or sitting out on the drama of life, meaning Mm. 
I, I renounce all passion. I don't lose my temper because everything is a game. Maharaji seemed to be somebody who, who liked to play the game. He liked to play the game, yeah. <laughs> and he played it uh, perfectly. <laughs> yeah. But not in the Ned Flanders way. No. He would lose no, his temper. No, that's, not, that's in, what... not in the phony holy yeah, it was none of it was phony holy. Well, what's the difference yeah. between holiness? You know, we you say holiness to me. I picture right. a very calm guy, always kind right. of floating around. He only has a good thing to say. Mm-hmm. He only gives. He doesn't want anything, and and uh, and he'll help clean up after the party. <laughs> right. But here's a guy who's throwing fruit, and you know what? What, what was the difference? Oh my God! Well, <laughs> <laughs> I, I I think I associate holiness with what I experienced as being the presence of love. Mm. To me, that is the holy of holies, Mm. you know, is to be in the space of unconditional love, which means he's not judging you for anything. He's not... uh, But even that, see, most people would think a holy person would be judged. That's what we, in America, 36-year-old... Well, that's the the God sitting up in heaven with the beard. The lifeguard guy. The lifeguard guy going... He's mad at you. I spend most of my life, God, being mad at me. And I know tens of thousands, I know of thousands and thousands of people that are like, you know, really torn up. Yeah. Not because they couldn't uh, connect whatever it was that made you sad at the river. Right. But we were, I'll speak for myself, I was sad that I had masturbated. I was sad that I had uh, been angry with my brother or something. You failed somehow. I failed. And and then I was out of the club. So the velvet rope was clicked up. I was shooed out and then it was closed. And then I, I wouldn't be let in again until I... Repented, or I did something. I had mm. to prove. I had, I had to have faith. Mea culpa. Right. Yeah, I had to ask for forgiveness. Right. But yeah. here you have a guy not judging. Not. Ju- I mean, here's a story. I mean, the first week I'm with Maharaji, and it's intense. I mean, you got to realize. I mean, he used to feed us mounds of potatoes and puris, which are deep fried breads, mm. and you could eat like seventeen of these puris and not feel a thing, mm. just to keep you in your body. Mm. You know, in front of him. Um, anyway, they were I, literally weighing you down. Literally, it's like, it like a weight belt. Even though you diving. couldn't even feel it. Yeah, I mean, it was that because you were. It's interesting. We'll get into yeah. feelings later. I, I think the, the chasing of senses and highs is something that I struggle with too. Because uh, right. even when we're chanting and I start crying or something, I'm like, "You're really doing it." And, and <laughs> I think of David Nickturn being like, you "Just let it go." Just let, and, and Ramdas, "Just let it go. Just let it go." Let and it go. what I, my mantra has been: "And then what? Okay, you're feeling it. And then what? And you're floating. And then what? And then what? But you're still floating, and that's still pretty right. neat." So anyway, I decided to take a day off and not go to Kenji that day, yeah. and I stayed back at the hotel. And I washed my hair, which was a two-bucket procedure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, one bucket of hot water, one bucket of cold. Yeah, no right? showers. No, no showers, yeah, just, just a cup in the bucket, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> type of thing. And uh, then I went down to the lake and you know, got some Indian sweets and I smoked a chillum and I went out on the boat. I, I just had... You know, yeah. day by myself. I've been doing that here. You know, with, <laughs> you know, nothing else going on. The next day, I walk into the ashram and Maharaji's on the tucket. And as he sees me walking, he goes, you like the scenery in Nanital? Mm. And I go, yes, Maharaji. Mm. He goes, you like Indian sweets? Yes, Maharaji. Because you like the boat ride? <laughs> yes, Maharaji. And he lifts up his hand as if he's smoking a, a chillum. And he goes... <laughs> 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 yes, 
Yes, Maharaj. With that? Okay, so... So no judgment. But he showed me once again. I mean, I took a day off from what? Yeah. You know, he's right. always there. That's right. That's that's a very profound lesson. Yeah. There's this cartoon that I saw and I loved so much. It yeah. showed uh, Earth in space. Then it showed the Milky Way, uh, the galaxy, solar system. And, you know, right. keep zooming out You're as right. far as we can go. And then the last one, it has a giant Jesus. And he has his hands around the whole thing. And he's saying, don't masturbate. <laughs> I loved it too, right? Isn't that good? And But like, I think what's happened, a big passion of mine is the greatest thing... I think it was, mm. I forget who said it, but uh, it might have been Dante, talked about the love that hung the stars. I forget who said uh-huh. it. So here is the energy. We can all agree, I think, on the idea of a pulse and a source to mm. all of this. We can investigate it in science. We can go inside and investigate right. it with spirituality. Either way, we're, we're dissecting this grand... Yeah, we it. call it the matrix of love. The matrix, yes. Yes. But how did that... Yeah. The, Objectively, I'll speak for myself, for me, infinitely fascinating, yeah. always around us, um, vivid and real and exciting thing, get reduced to don't masturbate. <laughs> uh, don't. There's a wonderful story in the book uh, by this guy, Bruce, who was 19 when he was with Maharaji, and his girlfriend was 18. Hmm. Okay, so they're teenagers, yes. right? Horny teenagers, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. But they're being good. They're like not having sex for four months in front of Maharaji, yeah. right? No, thank you. Thanks. Housekeeping. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and um, something happens and he gets really angry. And uh, he decides, okay, we're out of here. Maharaji's a phony. Mm. Okay. Type of thing. Basically, he's just horny and frustrated. Yeah. Okay. He and after four months of not having sex, everybody's over at the ashram and they're all singing. He's by himself in the dharma sala in the sleeping place, mm. and he goes into the shower and he relieves himself. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's back in his room and he's a cartoonist and he's drawing all these like you know crumb comics, yeah. like the darkest, nastiest things he can. And he suddenly sees Maharaji walking towards his room. I mean, everybody else is singing over on the other side in the ashram. <laughs> and here's Maharaji coming with somebody else, you know, Dada holding him up. And they're coming towards him, and they go to the room right next to where he is. And he goes, oh, my God. I mean, I can't let him see this stuff, you know. Yeah. And then he thinks, oh, this is sort of my chance to have a private moment with Maharaji. Yeah. And he goes into the room, and he's before Maharaji, and he said he just gave him... All his anger. He imagined himself pleasuring himself in the shower. Mm. He imagined, you know, he, uh, the, everything he was angry about. Mm. All of his, the guilt, the, the, the frustration, all the everything. Mm. And he said, and when he was done doing that, Maharaji stood up and left. Mm. And it was like he came just to... Hear the vent. To, to let Bruce... Yeah. Do this. Yeah. And it was his last darshan of Maharaji. Mm. I mean, so, I mean, no judgment. Mm. None whatsoever. It's like, here, tell me, it's okay. Right. It's okay. This is a big hang-up of me, obviously, growing up 
a little bit puritanical sex, right. specifically uh, masturbating the vile, like, secret thing. Yeah, right. When I was 15 and whatever, it's, that was its peak. I mean, it's ongoing. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I was going to say, only 15. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah but it was this idea of, I, I was just talking to my friend uh, Rob Bell, and uh, he's a spiritual guy, a leader in his own way. Mm-hmm. And not in his own way, but not in the... Maharaji way in the Jesus way. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> um, but we were we were talking, and I was telling him how it's very profound to me that some of the best uh, meditations I've ever had mm-hmm. were moments after something like that. Mm-hmm. Meaning, I to put it in these terms, I had my shower release, right. and then I looked out and was surprised to see some sort of divine peace coming my way. Right. I don't think it's, uh, in my case, I think there might be something physiological going on. I might be more relaxed or whatever. Uh-huh. But it's it's counterintuitive to the way I was raised to think that in the wake of a sin, yeah. here's God, or here's the divine, or here's peace. Because what's sin? Well, that's what I'd like to ask. I mean, you yeah. Know, what is, sin is a dharmic action. It's hurting somebody, whether it's somebody else or yourself. Yeah. Right. You know... And if you're not hurting anybody, you're not sinning. Right. I, 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 you I mean, know, I, that's yeah. like so simple. I look at it. I, I think of it now more as a disruption in yeah. the in the connection right. or something. I have trouble with just the word itself, even. Oh, I hate that word. Yeah. Sin and yeah. accountability are two of my least favorite, <laughs> favorite words. words. My favorite word is transrational. Is the idea uh-huh. of something that that's true that doesn't make any sense to our oh, brain. Oh, well, there's Maharaji in a word. Transrational? Yeah, right. <laughs> Absolutely. Because <laughs> it didn't compute, and it doesn't compute. Oh, no. I'm, I'm yeah. not worrying about it. I feel yeah. like the people, my listeners, or the weirdos out there that listen to my show, uh, will skip these if they're just not into it. Mm-hmm. But I am a, a little bit aware that some of them are listening and being like, well, that's that sounds, it is unbelievable. Well, you know, he talked about Jesus all the time, Maharaji. Mm. He always, he did. And every time he did, I mean, he would cry. Mm. It, it, it was like he had such love for this being of love. And, you know, when, I, I don't know if it was Ramdas or Raghu, one of them asked Maharaji the question of, well, how did, you know, he said meditate like Christ. Mm. And so they said, well, how did Christ meditate? And it was, he was lost in love. Even hanging on the cross, he mm. was lost in love. Mm. So there's some instruction for how to meditate. Be mm. lost in love like Jesus. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, good luck. Sure. <laughs> Any, anybody listening, though, knows that I get hung up, and this is why Katie yeah. and I talking about miracles and magic was important yeah. to me. Yeah. When we start talking about Christ again, when you bring Jesus back into my life, yeah. I bring a lot of baggage with that, too, going, well, the Gospels were written 150 years after he died. Right. And, uh, and nobody else seemed to write about him except these kind of people. And, yeah. I, I found, and I'm covering this topic again and again because I want to hear what you say, mm. but I found a lot of freedom in looking at it uh, metaphorically and mythically. Mm-hmm. And then you guys come along. <laughs> <laughs> and, and say it's not metaphorical. That's exactly right. It's right. even in Be Here Now. It's just a page yeah. I choose to ignore where uh, Ramdas says it's not metaphor. Right. This happened. But, you know, the the rational mind, the the Western mind, the I want things recorded, I wanted them Instagrammed, I wanted them tweeted and, right. and corroborated. Now I have to go, well, maybe there was a guy named Jesus that really did this? Or mm. How do you look at it? Is it an energy? Is it important whether or not the Gospels are historically accurate or not? No, just like people ask me about 
Maharaji's life. I said, I don't know anything about his life. I don't know yeah. when he did his sadhana, where he lived. I don't know anything. It didn't matter. Yeah. That totally irrelevant. It's missing the point. Missing the point. The gospel, some of it is beautiful poetry. Hmm. And I love the parts that are that I can relate to, you know, in that level. Whether it's historically accurate. I don't care. But again, this is something that's yeah. been ruined. I'm going to use the word ruined. Yeah. It's, it's an all or nothing thing. Right. You couldn't offend me when I was a, a, a Christian believer more right. than picking and choosing. And like yeah. the idea of, I'll take what's convenient for me, but now I am a, I'll take what's convenient for me. I'll take what resonates with me. Right. And I straight up leave other stuff. I go, well, that's not for me. I don't like that part. That's, that's <laughs> the way I feel. I mean, it's, it's what feels right to you. Yeah. I mean, for example, I met any number of holy, quote, holy men yeah. before I met Maharaji. Mm. I mean, once I got into the, okay, this is cool stuff, mm. you know, I met, I mean, Swami Muktananda had come to America. I spent a lot of time with him. I meditated alone with him in his room. I mm. mean, you know, this was not fly-by-night stuff. This mm. was like, okay. Real deal. Real deal. I, you know, I went to India. I saw Satya Sai Baba. I mean, I saw people that were the Avatar and the Paramahans and you know, hundreds of thousands of devotees. Mm-hmm. And I kept thinking, well, what's wrong with me? I can't open my heart to yeah, the, yeah. the avatar. Yeah. I can't open my heart to the Paramahans. Mm. Um, I, you know, and I spent time with, I spent three and a half months in the South with Sai Baba. And it was, it was always like, oh, something's wrong with me. I can't open my heart. Mm-hmm. You know, when I got to Maharaji, it was like instantaneous. It's, like, it's called the surrender that is no surrender. Mm-hmm. You know, it's at your home. And that's the word that you'll hear over and over mm-hmm. again in all those stories. And then we spoke of the jealousy of the people that didn't meet him. And right. then I'll, I'll admit to even yeah. being in that room, big old photo of Maharaji. And I dabble because I, I'm a believe kind of person. I'll dabble in yeah. uh, asking for something or, or speaking to the picture or something. Yeah. And uh, I feel it, but I, I don't have this thing happening to you. So we're all kind of looking for our thing. Yeah. And even the people listening are looking potentially for their thing and what do you have to say to us (laughs) how do you how do you say that basically i wrote the book as i say it it stems from that one moment of standing with ramdas on the balcony of the evelyn hotel overlooking the lake watching the clouds roll by and we had just come back from being with maharaji and we're just standing there in silence and he turned around and looked at me and he said we're seeing maharaji to bear witness Hmm. And that's what this was to me. It was like, these are stories not to make you feel jealous, to make you feel, oh, shit, I missed the boat, you know, but really to say, this was a bunch of skeptical Westerners, Hmm. just like everybody listening, okay, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know. I'm not going to touch anybody's feet. I'm not going to, you know, what is this kind of stuff, you know, totally anathema to who we are and Mm. our thinking minds and our Western training, Mm. you know, and, um, God, where I suddenly lost myself somewhere. No, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. You were skeptical we as were well. Skeptical. We, we didn't come from an Indian lineage, right. from a family of... You didn't uh, inherit your father's guru. <laughs> we, right. We hadn't had the same guru for thousands of years in my family. Right. You know, it just didn't exist. I, I thought being Jewish meant, you know, the New York Times and bagels and locks on <laughs> yeah, Sunday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. Not a bad guru. <laughs> <laughs> and so the fact that 70 Westerners who have since led, you know, very interesting lives in the West, 
had this experience and can all bear witness to it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not nothing. It's not nothing. Because, you know, I do, yeah. I, again, yeah. I'm trying to think about what yeah. people might be thinking. You're, you'll be the fourth of four. So okay. you, the whole Maharaji thing has taken over uh. two weeks of the podcast, <laughs> which is a lot. It's a lot. Um, people might be thinking, how, how do I know and how do you know that this isn't Jonestown? This isn't Koresh? This isn't yeah. a religion or this isn't... A scam. People's hearts are hard towards this stuff, and, and rightfully well, so. Well, they rightfully yeah. so. There have been, you know, gurus I wouldn't want to touch with a ten foot pole. Right. You you it, hear about those stories. Ramdas wrote that article about egg on, egg on my face. Right. Yeah. yeah. Egg on my face about right. the guy who had all the Bentleys or whatever. Yeah. Oh, that one too. Yeah. yeah. Right. So these guys that are fucking their devotees or using the money to buy sports cars or whatever. Right. And it breaks our hearts. And then, I know. But see, Maharaji, the, the way I try to describe it anyway is that if you were going to come up to somebody and, like, put your hand through them, hmm. with most people you would run into hindrances and obstacles. You would run into ego. You would run into all sorts of things. With Maharaji, the feeling was you would go all the way through. Hmm. Because there was nothing there. there, as Ram Dass would call it, there's no one home. Yeah, a mountain of emptiness. A mountain of emptiness. Yeah. There's nobody there. Perfect mirror. Mm. Perfect mirror. Mm-hmm. You know? So it's not like, I mean, these other, quote, gurus are holding on to something. Mm-hmm. And you can feel it in their presence. You don't feel the safety. And the, with Maharaji, you were so safe. Hmm. You know, there were, he, was, he wasn't going to hurt you in any way. Hmm. I mean, you'd still go through all sorts of stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Right. What's funny yeah. is I feel yeah. that way. Yeah. My closest thing to coming home spiritually mm. was Ramdas. And, right. and having met him and getting my And that's that touch of Maharaji. Him. Right. That's what you say. Yeah. I only know Ramdas. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying yeah. I don't know Maharaji, but I don't know Maharaji. Right. But I can sit and talk about a mirror... We just had the ceremony, and he gives us... What's it called? Amala. Amala. It's a little uh, bead. It's like a rosary. And um, we came up, Vent and Valerie and I went up together, uh-huh. and, and he gives it to us, and he... I was just in the line, very moved, and I don't say this for points or to prove that I yeah. really got it. I would tell you if I was. <laughs> but I'm watching people, and I'm just crying, uh-huh. watching how he gave everyone a moment. Like, in, not in a celebrity way. No. He wasn't William Shatner at Comic-Con signing headshots. Yeah. Everyone, he was getting a real a real mirror. Mm-hmm. The word mirror is what it was. So he looked at Val first, mm. and it was this whole thing that they were having that was very moving for mm. me. And then I was I was like, I, I, I want to smile at him. You know, yeah. I don't want to take it too seriously. He knows I'm a comedian and all this stuff. And we looked at each other, and we almost laughed. Right. But it was a mirror. So here I am smiling really big right. and he smiled and talk about those eyes yeah. and we're smiling and I touched his feet. I've never done that with anybody right. and I'm crying and I'm looking at him and we just had yeah. that thing. Yeah. And when it was over, I didn't feel like someone cut the water off. Like, oh great. I got to sit in the hot tub for two seconds. All right. It felt like a beautiful thing that I'm still feeling. Right. That's the closest I can get. That's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what I want to hear? Please just tell me that what I had was good. What too. you had was good. Yeah, no, but it it felt good, and uh-huh. it's as close as I can say for as much as uh, the people listening yeah. maybe relate and trust me. Hopefully, 
or yeah. I, maybe not. Yeah. But I, I had a little taste of that, and it was very. This is somebody who, when I listened to yeah. Experiments in Truth, which I've plugged for years on this, mm. I just was like, oh, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. And that doesn't make me want to buy the LPs or something right. and, and prove that. I, it just yeah. makes me want to listen to it over and over and over and over right. on the train to see my parents for Thanksgiving. Is there something in there that can help me get through this? <laughs> right. And it makes it better. It makes it It does. Better. Well, it's very funny because my family, of course, always thought I was out of my mind. I'm sure. You know, I, I think I told you that uh, when I was in India, oh, maybe I told Duncan, that uh, <laughs> my mother sent me a letter in, yeah. and she enclosed a Polaroid of a bagel. <laughs> <laughs> That's mean. That's low. <laughs> it was really That's low. low. That's yeah, low. right. <laughs> wow. Well, it is interesting. I mean, when Jesus, uh, I know a lot of Jesus stories. He talked about coming to turn brother against brother and separate people from their families and mm-hmm. stuff. And Rob, again, he's coming out, my friend Rob. We talk about what that means. It's a very inconvenient verse for Christians who uh-huh. family value Christians, game night Christians. Oh, good. Which I understand. Yeah. That, that That is a kind of a 1950s America fantasy, you know, to be like, let's, let's play a Clue on Tuesdays or whatever. And there's nothing wrong with that. But here's this verse saying, like, I didn't come to bring peace, but a sword. Mm-hmm. And what is that sword? I think it's your parents thinking you're crazy. And I think it's my parents. Yeah. You know, I don't really tell them about this. It's not really uh, mm-hmm. something I've tried, but then I stopped trying. And that's, that's the sword. That's the division. That's the beautiful division. I think of that as the sword of truth. Yeah. You know, because in, you know, the Buddhists, you know, have their knife, you know, that's... The two-sided? Right, you yeah. know, and it's, it's David all... David just taught me about that. Uh, yeah. Right. It's the same thing. Yeah. You know, as that sword that... It's cutting through, it's cutting through nonsense, through. but it's double-sided, so it's cutting through you as well. Right. Yeah. And, and whatever needs to be... It's sort of like the goddess Dorka that you've seen this whole week. I don't even know who that is. Which one is it? Middle? The, the middle picture. The middle, yeah. You know, if she's riding her lion. Yeah. Right? And this is Goddess Durga, who is very beautiful. Oh, Ma, you know, Ma Durga. Ma Durga. That's who very, we're singing to? Yes. See, I don't even know what any of them mean. And you're singing <laughs> to her, and she's beautiful, and you're falling in love with Durga, and you're drawing closer and closer to the mother. And then you look up and realize she's got ten arms, and each one is holding a different weapon. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's your swords. Jesus only said one sword. You got, you, your God has ten swords. Ten. <laughs> But that's what it is, right? Yeah. There's, there's this. Um, I'm, I've been thinking a lot about pain and loss and suffering uh-huh. and how essential it is. Again, going back to the the Christian model, I, I remember I had a, a conversation with somebody on a podcast that never got released because I think um, it wasn't good for them. <laughs> but I was asking him, I was like, "Is it a perfect world where everyone believes in Jesus?" And he was like, yes, of course. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I, I don't think it is. I think that's yeah. that's a dystopia where everybody... Like, that's... Even if we could go into some sort of bliss state, mm. if that became the normal state, we would need some sort of... We would start to miss the color of the swords, I think. I don't know. Who knows? I don't think it's a question we're going to have to worry about. <laughs> <laughs> because you think maybe... I mean, yeah. is there value to having no conflict, no... Suffering. I don't know. I mean, the Indians have, of course, these vast ages called yugas, mm. right? And the first age is, is the golden age, where 
that there are no swords, mm-hmm. you know, it's mm-hmm. all plowshares, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You know, and everybody is one mm-hmm. and everything is dharmic. They say dharma stands on four legs in the golden age. Mm-hmm. Okay, dharma being the righteousness, the, the mm-hmm. way you do things correct, you know, the... Mm-hmm. The way of the universe. The way of the universe, mm-hmm. right? Universal law. Mm-hmm. And then you, you get into, you know, the Silver Age, where Dharma's standing on three legs. Mm-hmm. You know, and things are a little shaky there. We are in what's called the Kali Yuga, where Dharma is standing on one leg. Mm-hmm. There's not a whole lot of it around. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of swords and a lot of conflict and a lot of... There's war all the time. Mm-hmm. There's always war on the planet right now, mm-hmm. always, you know. And um, presumably, <laughs> the great hope is that this will cycle back, cycles back into another golden age. Yeah, that the spiritual movement that has been so underground for so many years now, and spiritual, not religious. <laughs> right. Well, I guess yeah. my question, my question to him about everyone believing in Jesus. When you, you and I say that, maybe we think a different thing. I'm talking about we all go to church, we all believe this. We're this denomination, and right. you know, we agree that baptism is done this way. And right. Whereas he is in, in India, I mean, they have plenty of churches yeah. in India. And you go in, and there's Mother Mary wearing her sari with her garland. Mm. You know, they are perfectly happy to have Jesus as another incarnation. Mm-hmm. Because they recognize that when consciousness incarnates and comes to earth that way to do something for mankind mm. that it's an honorable thing and they totally are fine with Jesus I like that yeah I like the inclusion oh, oh yes right. speaking of mankind my uh, wonderful sweet Belle my girlfriend yeah. uh, said you should ask her about um, about being a woman uh, Valerie is very interested in feminism and, and women's empowerment mm. and all that stuff and here you are kind of at 1969 interesting time for feminism and then you went to India and right. even the story you told about kissing the Maharaji and the top of his head, right. head. Yeah. so what was it like how was it different maybe for you than Raghu who just did the podcast yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only before in... or after Maharaji married us <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly um, but... <laughs> uh, you know the interesting thing was that uh, we were taken in by Maharaji's Indian devotees. We were treated like family. I mean, I never felt so safe anywhere in my life. And this is in a country far, far away, yeah. <laughs> you know, from everything we knew. The problem we had was when we returned to the West, people said, did you have culture shock going to India? And no, mm. I felt totally at home in India, mm. totally at home. When we came back to the West and we're going, how do we, how do we do this? Yeah. That's when it became, you know, difficult. But being a woman there, other than the fact, <laughs> this is a very funny story, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we, we, we tried our best to fit in. We didn't look like the hippies in the movies they had there. Mm-hmm. You know, we weren't wearing jeans or short shorts. We were wearing saris or long, you know, you, you were covered. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you kept right. yourself covered and... Appropriate, right? You weren't topless with no, we weren't exactly. No, no, we were trying to be appropriate. Yeah, and when you live there for a year, you want to be wearing Indian clothes because they wash a lot easier. Yeah, is that <laughs> <You> right? <know>? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and if you're washing them in the river or giving them to you know, yeah. you want it to be easy. Yeah. <laughs> 
So, um, oh God, now I gotta. Oh, you're talking about being a woman, I, culture shock. Uh, right. And, oh boy. You weren't like a hippie. Uh, yeah, I was going somewhere with it and I lost where I was going. You said it was a funny story, but we were. Uh, <sighs> Damn. This happens, doesn't it? It happens to everybody. Yeah. <laughs> it's like. Well, we're talking about uh, being a woman. Right. Was it different for you yeah. than it was Ragu? Yeah. Then that took you to when you went back to America, people asked right. if you had culture shock. You said, no, I had. I oh, I know home. what it was. Okay, so we left India, all right? And we, we left with Ramdas when mm-hmm. he left. And uh, so there were seven of us on the plane. There was Ramdas and me and Raghu and Mirabai and Krishna and uh, Radha and Mohan. Mm-hmm. And all of us flew out together. Our first stop was in uh, Italy, and we all ran out to eat pasta. It was like, oh. <laughs> you know. And then we were in London. And, uh, and we stayed on the plane. <laughs> they don't have good food in London, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. So it's we're fine. in London, and we're standing on a street corner, and it's the time when hot pants are in fashion. These short, <laughs> short, neon satin hot pants. Yeah. And we're standing on the corner. All of our jaws are like hanging open. Yeah. Because we hadn't seen above a woman's ankle. Yeah. You know, in over a year. (laughs) (laughs) And here they are like, holy cow, how are they doing that? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Why are they doing that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So that's... That's very where funny. I was going but it, so there's yeah. this other side of women's lib, I suppose. Yeah. But it, it it didn't seem to be an issue for you. Maharaji it didn't loved change. the women. Right. I mean, well, he, there's a quote in the book where he says, "One pure woman is worth a hundred gurus." Uh, yeah, a hundred yogis. Hundred yogis. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> right. But, but he that's that's unique. It's 1970. Right. So that is a pretty and he advanced idea. he just I, I mean. Um, being a woman with him was wonderful, yeah. <laughs> totally wonderful. I mean, I he he would call me into the room, um, and sometimes I sit. Uh, he pull me up on the tucket and just give me a big hug with the mm. blanket. Mm. I mean, completely. I can't even describe it. Mm. Was it easier yeah. for him to be affectionate with? The women, or was he? It was very unusual. I mean, it was just uh, for an Indian guru to even touch a woman. Yeah, but what about a a fella? Would he hug a fella? Uh, Not that I remember. So yeah, that's that's still normal now. When we're all meeting Ramdas, I think it's funny. Men and women were giving him a kiss. Yeah, right. And that brings me to my next kind of thought. There's feminism, and then there's also homosexuality or whatever. And Ramdas, I didn't know this. For the first many years I was into Ramdas, right. that he's bisexual. Right. Or I don't know, yeah. does he consider himself gay? or It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's bisexual. But he's bisexual. Yeah. And what what did, how was Maharaji with that? A non-issue? Non-issue. That's crazy. I, I, a lot of what he said <laughs> right. is, is Total crazy. non-issue. But here's a guy loving not unconditionally, and I believe you. And yeah. somebody's jerking off in the shower, and I believe you. And he hugs the women, and I believe yeah. you. 
and there's a gay man. Not even uh, if you said he loved the lesbians, right. I'd be like, okay, it's 1970. Right. But he loves uh, gay men, which is, people just typically have more of a problem with. Holy right. people. I don't know why. Because he's not looking at any of that stuff. That's all personality. That's yeah. all package. Yeah. It's not soul. It's the box. It's the box. It's not the essence. Yeah. And he's only interested in the essence. Yeah. You know? It's like, that's, what difference does the rest of it make? Yeah. Yeah, it's only the priests that come along and say, let's have rules. Yeah. So you can pay me to be your intermediary. Yeah. You know. Right. uh, Is that what you think happened? Like the the introduction of fear and control and and money? I mean, and I I don't mean just priests, you know, in in the I understand all the the, holy I mean, in Hinduism, it's the same thing. Very patriarchal, very, you know... um, segmented, you know, the caste system, all of that stuff. Right, right, right. You know, Keep you in your place. Keep you in your place. Pay the priest to do your puja for you, you know. But Marge, he's saying there is no place. But, there are no places, right? Yeah. Duncan helps me understand. I told him a story. I love I love remembering this story, so forgive yeah. me if you've heard it before, people listening. But I remember I was on a walk, and it was kind of, I guess you could call it walking meditation. Mm-hmm. I, I just deliberately trying to be present on the walk, so not right. thinking about where I'm going or... You see trees, and it's beautiful, and it's great. Yeah. And then I'm, I live in L.A., and I pass a burlesque place, and I look in the window right as a woman's bosom. Right. <laughs> it's bosom. Right as I saw a woman, a naked woman, basically. Right. And I was like, oh, man. Uh, and, of course, my body goes flush, and now I'm in my body, and I'm not in my soul anymore. And Duncan was just like, you're putting boundaries. You're saying, this is Rhode Island, mm-hmm. and this is Vermont. And he's like, there aren't any boundaries. It's right. all here. Yeah. And I didn't stop being holy because I was attracted to right. what I'm attracted to. Absolutely. It, that's all the packaging. That's just, that's my bodyguard. Right. But my essence are the... Joseph Campbell talks about associating with the light, not the bulb sort of thing. Oh, okay. He's like, you're not, you're not the bulb. And, and right. when the light goes off, where does it go? The right. bulb is broken. It, it's whatever. So right. it seems like this is one of the main messages. Yeah, we have to, I mean, first of all, I mean, here we are, we're all getting older. Some of us have died, you know. So, I mean, it's like, obviously, we can't be that attached to this package. Yeah. This package is going to disintegrate. I mean, it's doing a pretty good job, you know, (laughs) as it is. Sure. Um, But having been with Maharaji, I understand and I believe that consciousness goes beyond the body. Mm-hmm. And that's a huge thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, you had to believe it with him hmm. because it was so obvious. <laughs> the feeling? Now we're in the feeling area. You just okay. felt it. Uh, well, you felt it. And also, I mean, you knew that, you know, he turned up in two places at the same time. Hmm. I mean, what does that do to time and space continuum? You know, it's mm-hmm. like the body is not the ruler here. Right. You know, it's not dependent on the body. The thing, so that yeah. now we're back into miracles and magic, which I'm glad. <laughs> so I, I'm a lucid dreamer. I like, yeah. I'm not excellent at it, but it happens. Yeah. It's happened my whole life. I love it. It's very fun. Mm. So Katie put in this terms, these terms that helped me understand. It was like, when you're in a dream, mm-hmm. you could, and, I, and anybody could, it's not that hard to believe, levitate a cop or make a mountain appear or disappear or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, something that I've learned about um, lucid dreaming is if you want someone to appear... 
you, you can do this because you haven't seen Maharaji in 40 years. Right. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> if you have a lucid dream and you want to see somebody yeah. find a door and then tell yourself they're on the other side of the door uh-huh. and then you open it, they'll, they'll, they'll be, be there. there. So, yeah, give that your welcome. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but so I know what it's like to manipulate that reality and that's right. not a big deal at all for me. And Krishnadas was saying these people seem to, did understand this reality to be like, they saw the rules... And right. the dream of this reality. Right. So then being two places or whatever it was. Right. It's just like people get hung up on... on uh, I was talking to a girl the other night, last night, actually, who's young. She's 19. She's here by herself. And she had a psychotic break recently and mm. was put in the hospital and told she was schizophrenic and put, wanted to put her on drugs. But she had had a real spiritual experience before this happened. Mm. And here are all these medical people and, you know, telling her that uh, you broke from reality. We have to get you back to reality. Mm. That reminds me of Rob Dawson's yeah. joke. He's like, come back to reality. It's like, which one? Which one? <laughs> yeah, he goes, which one? <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like they only believe there's one. Right. You know, which is the one you can feel with your senses. Right. You know, if you can't taste it or touch it. Yeah. You know, or, or examine it, it or, or quantify it or do a scientific experiment on it. Right. It doesn't exist. Right. It exists. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Once you get beyond the senses into the, quote, extrasensory mm. world, there's so many realities. Mm-hmm. How do you, uh, what do you do now to get in touch with that sort of stuff or to stay in touch with that sort of... You know, uh, I... Sort of long ago stopped trying to do that and stopped trying and started trying to just do the Dalai Lama's thing of my religion is kindness. Mm. I mean, Maharaji told me that he would come to my house and I would feed him double roti, which is toast. Mm. Obviously, he's not going to show up. It's a fancy name for toast. Yeah, right. (laughs) If I went to an Indian restaurant and said, give me double Double roti, roti. they brought me warmed bread. (laughs) Right. I would be upset. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I know he's not going to show up, you know, wearing his blanket. You know, I have to assume that every person who comes to my house is Maharaji. Hmm. And that whatever I can feed them with, whether it's a kind word or a piece of toast, is what I'm interested in doing. Well, now we're back to Jesus, too. What you do for the least of these, you do for me. Right. Sort of thing. And it's sort of like, just let me live my life doing as little harm as possible. Yeah. And uh, I'm not trying... To, you know, I, I told Maharaji, look, I, I'll come back anytime you're back. <laughs> I, I'm not trying to become you. I'm only... Which is one of the things Duncan was talking about. Th- did you want to become like him? Yeah. Said so That never even entered our minds. Right. It wasn't... Well, you're it was just in love with him. Just in love with him. Just right. a devotee. Well, that's yeah. the difference between, that's yeah. bhakti yoga. That's and bhakti yoga. It's very right. romantic. Yeah, I, I guess it's somewhat romantic. Somewhat romantic. <laughs> There's too much reality of other things to yeah, yeah. be totally romantic. But then David Nickturn comes yeah. in and he's like, you guys are trying to connect and he's trying to say yeah. there's nothing to connect. I can't even it's the, the There's a Buddhist... Um, this is, I mean, we're kissing cousins, the, you know, the, the bhaktis and the, and the Buddhists, yeah. you know, and we tend to use the, the Buddhist methodologies, you know, for meditation, you know, for certain practices, but uh, the Buddhists don't have, uh, they don't believe in a god, mm-hmm. okay, and uh, their god is, is emptiness, 
mm. which is a full emptiness, but it's called emptiness. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas we sort of, you know, fill it up with, you know, flowers and incense and <laughs> devotion yeah. and... Yeah. yeah, more stuff. <laughs> more stuff, yeah. more like, you know, fun things. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I, so we're the sloppy bhaktis, you know, yeah. and, and they're they're all going to get enlightened, but we'll be happy. <laughs> <laughs> you can have enlightenment. We'll be. You know what he said? He said uh, it was a quote. I have it written down here. Actually, yeah. it's enlightenment is the final disappointment of the ego. <laughs> He's like that's the last. That you everything's a disappointment, and then you reach enlightenment, and then you stop searching for other uh-huh. ones. You go, that's it. I'm done. Uh, it's very interesting. Yeah. Let me check the time because we both have to be in the same place. Oh, we're doing okay. Yeah. Good. Um, well, you let finish the, the anger story because we, oh, wow. we already talked. We left about that a long time yeah, ago, we left didn't it we? A long time ago. Um, okay, so Ramdas, uh, Maharaji is sort of giving him the saint and training type, type of stuff. You know, saints don't touch money, yeah. saints don't do this. So he, he turned over his money mm-hmm. actually to Raghu's brother was the purse holder. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so he had no, no cash, no money on him. And he was also, Maharaja kept calling him commander-in-chief, you know, sort of as he was in charge of us, mm-hmm. us Westerners, so to speak. But none of us listened to him. <laughs> you know? Yeah. What, what did we care? I yeah. mean, yeah, yeah there's yeah. Maharaji. Boom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And so he was just getting angrier and angrier and angrier and feeling... Completely understandable. He found this guy. He found him. He writes he a was, book. He, he was told not to say anything about him. All of a sudden, all these Westerners are there because of him. Yeah. So he's like... You're eating his ice cream. Uh, yeah. And he's in turmoil about... Yeah. He thinks we're taking up the Indians' time with Maharaji, mm. that we're somehow in the way. I mean, he's, he's got all these trips going on. Right. Well, he saw it before, yeah. too. All you guys, all these white people show up, uh, and it is different. It has to be different. And uh, he's like, it used to be quieter here. <laughs> right. He changed everything. Right. So anyway, obviously... He may have been called the commander-in-chief, but we knew who the commander-in-chief was, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so anyway, this one day, he, we all leave to go to Kenshi because we're staying at a hotel in Nanital. And uh, the first man went, and he had no money. He, he was either meditating in his room or doing something. He sort of missed the boat, so mm-hmm. to speak. And he wound up walking Kanchi, which is a, a good hike, mm-hmm. really good hike, and and he just getting madder and madder as he went, mm-hmm. and he came in as we're all sitting in front of Maharaji eating. He, Mar, you know, we were sitting here eating food. Maharaji sitting on the stucket over there, mm-hmm. and. Ramdas comes in. And I like to picture him slamming the door open and he's sweaty. <laughs> and his feet hurt and he's dirty. Yeah, this is outside, actually. Oh, this is, is it? Oh, okay. wow. Now this I have to change my image. Change your story. image. This is happening outside. And um, he comes in and Tukaram offers him a plate of food. And he takes the plate of food and throws it at Tukaram. Hmm. Which Raghu told me is, is a, an even bigger deal in India. It's a big no-no. Throwing food or not accepting not food. Not accepting food. Food is sacred. I mean, it's like, you know, there's a lot of people and a lot of them are hungry. And yeah. Maharaji built his temples in poor areas. And hmm. the people sometimes depend on that prasad for their meal. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a big deal, mm-hmm. you know. So he flings the food at Tukaram. And Maharaj is going, what's the matter? What's the matter? <laughs> you know? And Ram Dass is telling him, I'm so angry. Yeah. I'm so angry. 
And, uh, you know, so Maharaji feeds him more milk, you know, he gives him a parata, says these are, you know, special paratas, you take this, you know, your anger will go away, you yeah, know. What's a parata? Uh, it's, a, it's like a little fried food uh-huh. type of thing. It's yeah, just that normally a, helps. Yeah, right. <laughs> just, you know, get something in them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're back to your mom and the bagel. <laughs> back to, uh, right, exactly. And he's... Uh, He's, you know, Ramesh is saying to Maharaji, what can we do for Ramdas? You know, it's, you know, things have not changed in 40 years. Yeah, yeah. And um, it was just an extraordinary day. And then finally Maharaji, I mean, had worked with him for a while on this. And then said, uh, you know, you have to love everyone. Mm -hmm. You have to love, and Ramdas is going, I can't. Yeah, Maharaji's going, you have to love everyone. Right. And uh, I don't know. If Didn't he say, forgive me for interjecting, yeah. you were there, but yeah. I'm telling you, he's told the story, love everyone and tell the truth in that same moment. Uh-huh. I, it may have been that. He's like, well, the truth is I don't love everybody. Like, right. What a paradox. I, I'm very angry right now. Yeah, right. Yeah. But then uh, somebody had a whole bunch of cut up apples and Ramdas took the apple slices and went around and gave everybody a slice of apple mm. in love, mm. in a really loving space hmm. so it sh- it all shifted for him that anger did come into a space where he was able to look at each one of us and give us an apple slice hmm. and it was all done in love hmm. you know That's so great. it was a very pa- but it was a very powerful darshan but here's know? Ramna so he's yeah. he just got a lesson on overcoming his anger and putting his anger yeah, giving right. it space right and then the next not the next day. No, it. right then. Yeah. Oh, I just mean, but like, when did he then see Maharaji losing his temper? Because that's the next Oh, that's part a different story. story. Yeah. But it was after that, right? It was after that. Yeah. yeah. And here, you know, Maharaj is telling him, don't be angry. Don't be angry. You know, you give up your anger a little bit every day. I'll help you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then, uh, sometime later, not the same day, we were sent to the back of the ashram usually after we had our morning darshan with Maharaji and we'd have our lunch and we'd be sent to the back to take rest. Okay, usually you were having like extraordinary dreams of Maharaji. I mean, just, mm. it was a powerful time to mm-hmm. be good in time the ashram. A good time to nap, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, uh, but Ram Das and, and Mohan, as a matter of fact, were up on the second story of this Kuti building, of this building. And from there, you could see down into the front part of the ashram. And they're, they're up there, and they hear Maharaji screaming at somebody. I mean, reading him the riot act. Mm. And I mean, it turned out that not only had this Indian, who was a worker at the ashram, let all these potatoes rot, but he had also been selling some off to the side. Mm. And it was... Two no-nos. Two no-nos. And we're back to the Indian thing of wasting food. food. Okay, all of that. So anyway, Maharaji is kicking him out of the ashram, telling him he can never come back. And he's, but like being mean, it's not, right? I mean, I mean, being angry. 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 Not mean. Right. I never, ever saw him be mean. Right. At all. But ever. not being polite. But not being, you know, you know, no, definitely. Hey, I know you did your best. No, this is like, yeah, yeah. and Maharaji had a, you know, a foul mouth. Yeah. And heaven knows what he was calling him. That's you what know? Krishna Das told me. He said he had the dirtiest mouth in all the three worlds. <laughs> right. <laughs> he used to hang with the criminals all the time, you yeah, know, when he yeah. was traveling around. Right. You and I talked about yeah. how when the first time I saw him, I'm surprised that he doesn't look more 
westernly angelic. Right? Uh-huh. <laughs> he looks um, fierce, was the word we yeah. agreed on. He's got a fierceness. So when he said he hung out with criminals and stuff, I'm like, not only does that sound uh, about right, right but yeah. it, I, I can believe it. Too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good chameleon. Absolutely. So, so he's yelling and so swearing. So he's yelling and screaming, and Ramdas very self righteously marches down to the front of the ashram, which nobody did when we were sent away to rest. Mm. And he escorts this guy, you know, to the gate, and I don't know if he what he did, but he said for years afterwards this guy would follow him around and ask for money. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but meanwhile, he's he's mad, he's upset. Maharaji had gotten so angry after telling him not to be angry. Mm. <laughs> yeah, you caught you it. Know, it's it's like, a good moment. It's like a mo- yeah. It's, if your pastor tells you you can help you quit smoking, and then you mm, see, see him, him smoking, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Uh-huh. And Maharaji sent Dada up to the back after Ramdas came back and said, Ramdas, did, did you see Maharaji get angry? And Ramdas goes, Yes, I did. Very, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, afterwards, we all go back down for our afternoon darshan. And Maharaji's so sweet and playful and delightful as, as ever. Mm. And during the course of it, somebody asked him, you know, what was going on. And he looked at them and said, you just never throw anyone out of your heart. Mm-hmm. You can do whatever you want. And uh, for Mohan, it was interesting in that Mohan has had a lot of anger issues. Yeah. <laughs> and he saw Maharaji getting angry, and he was like, oh, my God, is this my guru doing that? I mean, mm. how can this be? I mean, it was just devastating to mm. him to see this. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then to see how Maharaji dropped it so completely he wasn't angry mm-hmm. Mohan said if I had been that angry it would have taken me days to come down yeah 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 you know but with Maharaji it was gone there was no anger play. it's just play but that's a yeah. big Ramdas thing is he goes yeah. this incarnation like you and Noah you be the son and I'll be the mother right and yeah. I, I try and think of my own mother is a soul, and, and think of, right. you know, for those listening who might not be there, almost just as a thought experiment. It's just like, can't we just see, like, I love the moments when my dad talks to me. We would say man to man instead right. of dad to son, if we can put that aside. Right. But even like uh, the other examples Ram Dass gives in that lecture, he's like, this lifetime will be competitors. Uh, you'll be my enemy, uh-huh. or I'll be your enemy, or I'll be this guy, and we'll, we'll fight. And uh, did you watch Jai tell the story of the Ramayana yesterday? No. Oh, you missed that. Um, in in the in the Ramayana, I, of course, there's a lot of that, mm. <laughs> you know. And the big villain of the Ramayana, you know, is this ten headed headed evil Ravana, mm. you know, the essence of evil. Mm. Right, and at the very end, I, I spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> it's been out long enough. It's been out you long enough. Spoil, you're right. Yeah. That Rama kills Ravana with one arrow, mm. and as he's dying, you know, Ravana is going, you know, thank you, my lord. You know, he's he's repenting. in devotion. No, not repenting. Mm. It's like he took that incarnation. He did that work. So he could be killed by his Lord, so he could mm. be one with him. That's something else that Katie was talking about, yeah. Maharaji saying, he, you yeah. know, he's been around the block, had so many lifetimes, he's been the villain, right. he's, been, he's seen it all. Right. So it's not this idea of exclusion of other things, like to the point where you just yeah. keep reducing and filtering the vodka until it's just so pure. <laughs> right. you know? It's about having done it all and seeing through the game of it. And I think that's what's right. so appealing. So... 
do what you have to do. Do whatever you have to do with somebody, but don't put them out of your heart. Heart, exactly. So you can fight. You can be offended. You can be whatever it is. But you don't throw them out of your heart. Right. I don't know why this is what... There's something so beautiful about walking on the beach with Valerie and both of us noticing someone beautiful or something. Mm-hmm. I, that's important for me, right. especially where I came from, to not pretend like there isn't a gorgeous woman yeah. on the beach. Right. And there's something in the same ballpark as that. I don't know why that came to mind, <laughs> but there's something about... Well, I never saw Baharaji in a bikini. I've <laughs> <laughs> seen some candids of him. Yeah, he, he'll let loose a little bit. You know, some topless stuff. Nothing, You're right. <laughs> nothing major. Um, that's so interesting. You, so, speaking of your son, Noah, who was yeah. here for Raghu's podcast, he sat in. What is it like... This is the other thing that I think turns people off. Uh-huh. Um, your parents are Christian, and then you're a Christian, and you're a whatever this is. Right. And then you have children, and you have mm-hmm. two children. Mm-hmm. Is it... Uh, I think it's interesting and, and kind of beautiful that Noah's here and enjoying it with you. Right. But was that something that you were like, well, now I'm going to inject this into the oh, next Oh, God, people. no. I mean, no. <laughs> or, or that you want to inject it into the people listening. No, not at all. No. No. Not at all. Well, that's unlike. That's unusual. Yeah. Most people go, I found the truth. I found liberation. I found enlightenment. I found the, but the, the truth, truth that there. we found is that each person's truth is their own truth. Hmm. There is not one truth. Hmm. You you know, we're not all... You but know, that's the dualistic thing. There's many roads to Rome. Right. You know, I, I may be a bhakti yogi. You may be a jnani yogi. You may go in through the mind. I like jnani. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, you can do Ramana Maharshi, who am I, until you get enlightened. Yeah. You know, it's... But it's up to you, and it's for you. It's up to you, it's for you, and what feels right for you. And it changes. We've all had many teachers since Maharaji. Mm. You know, we've studied different paths. I've done, you know, Tibetan Dakini practice. I've done all sorts of different practices. I've worked with Native Americans. I've done mm. things with, you know, because it, it, wherever you find it, it's the same thing. But that's so lovely. You yeah. said because you're used to it. <laughs> yeah. It's so lovely to, to, allow, to give other people space yeah. to find it where they will find it and not insist. Most people, maybe it's me, I find it and I go, uh, you know, even if it's something like, oh, I feel better when I eat vegan. You should be vegan. Yeah, right. You're saying... No. And somebody actually asked about veganism uh, in one Mm. of the things we were talking about suffering and we were like, well, what about sentient animals? And the person's answer was beautiful. I forget who said it. The blonde woman who was up with Sharon. So not Sharon. Mirabai. Okay, Mirabai. Yeah. She said, she was like, you see a, a, chi- a chicken and you think of a slaughtered chicken and it's painful for you. Uh-huh. Other people see it and they see a, a BLT or a, a, ch- a club sandwich with a friend. <laughs> so it's just like different truths. And you right. can, then she went back and was like, look, I'm with you. The suffering of animals isn't a great thing. And that's your thing to kind of spread the word about. Mm-hmm. But there's different there's something about not going around and snatching the club sandwich and saying, yeah. don't, eat, don't eat the crime scene. But it's part of what we learn. I mean, I was a vegetarian for 13 years, and I was in constant digestive distress mm. because I'm very lactose intolerant. Mm. And We should be a vegan. <laughs> and uh, so kidding, I couldn't eat dairy, and I couldn't eat soy because it's very related to dairy molecularly. Oh, is that right? Yeah. 
And so I couldn't eat beans and I couldn't eat dairy. I couldn't be a vegetarian anymore. I wasn't mm. getting any protein. Mm. And uh, when I was pregnant with Noah, as a matter of fact, I started dreaming about meat. <laughs> and I finally went out and had a filet mignon one day. <laughs> mm. And it felt so right in my body mm. that I ate red meat during the rest of the time I was pregnant and, and nursing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As soon as I stopped nursing, I didn't eat red meat anymore. Like Rosemary's baby. But Remember I, that? I, yeah. <laughs> the rare <laughs> But I realized that I couldn't be a vegetarian. Yeah. That I had to have fish and I had to have chicken. Mm. And... And that's the way I, my body. But that, see, there's there, there's yeah. your truth. My and, truth, yeah, sure. right? There's something. Yeah. I guess it's unfamiliar to me. You, you, my concept of truth was always: you find it. There's the way, the truth, the light. I got it. You don't. Right. I will now force it on you. <laughs> and we've had wars, and we still have wars. We still we, have them. And we have uh, attacks and all this Absolutely. sort of stuff. Absolutely. And there's something... My way's better than your way. My God's better than yours. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> and there's something gorgeous about... And it's so interesting because the heart of every religion, every religion has its own mystic core. Hmm. You know, there are mystic Christians. I mean, you know, you've got St. John of the Cross. You've got, you know, uh, uh, what's her name? Little Teresa. The little Mother, Teresa. Yeah, but, Mother you know, Teresa little Ter- oh, not not little Mother Teresa, Teresa but little, little, little Flower. Uh, <laughs> and all these wonderful mystic Christians yeah. that wrote beautiful, you know, things about that state of oneness. Yeah. Which is what the mystics go for. It's yeah. let's get into that place of oneness. Right, right, right. Right, and that in that place, the Sufis in the Muslim tradition, the Sufis do it through, through dance, through spinning, through yeah. their zikr, through their practices. You know, the Jews do it through the Kabbalistic stuff. I don't know. We're going to run out of battery on that one. Okay. <laughs> no, but, no. I'm yeah. sorry. It's so weird. I was just like, I wonder how the battery's doing. And I looked, and it's blinking. That it's low. We're, we're doing great. Okay. Keep going. If it goes out, we have that one. So I, it's just every religion, the heart of every religion is that same mystic core. Yeah. So in fact, there is that one truth and that one light, but it comes out in different clothes. Hmm. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Very, uh, you know, hard for people's dualistic minds. True, untrue, man, woman, black, white. I actually think yeah. that's one of the things we uh, yeah. some people get all bent out about about the transgender thing is like we want our true false we want our man woman right we want our right wrong we want our saved yeah. unsaved redeemed unredeemed heaven hell yeah. and then you guys that's why i think spiritual music always sounds like um sitars and bendy notes and <laughs> all this kind of you hear krishna das playing all these nights and it's it's like sometimes the rhythm is in the other room for a minute, you know. And then there's Jesus on the mainland. Yeah, exactly. And now we're in four four. Yeah, exactly. But like we want, we want that kind of ding 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 ding. Sometimes, and instead we get like because that's how it is. That's how it is. Sounds great. Yeah. Well, the the book is love everyone, and you can buy it. Yes. <laughs> and you should, and it's wonderful. And this was wonderful. Thank you so much yeah, for taking the time. It was delightful. You feel okay? I feel fine. I like to check in and make sure I'm yeah. not wrapping it up too early. No, I feel good. Good. Yeah. And now we're going to go do Duncan's podcast. All right. <laughs> podcast to podcast. Yeah. Here and we then go. I'm, and then I'm doing another. Oh, boy. Oh, oh, boy. Who are you doing then? Uh, his name is Mike. It's called. He's going to be mad. I'm not plugging him right now. It's called, oh, God, his business card's over there. 
I don't know. I'll tweet it. I'll tweet it. <laughs> exactly. Well, thank you so much. Oh, this was delightful. It, it's wonderful yeah. to see you uh, not lose your fervor to say these things. I know you've said a lot of them before. It's okay. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it, it all just brings you back. Yeah. It's delightful. Yeah. I mean, it's like every time I read through the book, and heaven knows I read through the manuscript a gazillion times, Yeah. I would always cry at some point, mm. different points mm. along the way. It's something would suddenly... Yeah. I'd hear it differently yeah. or something would happen and yeah. I would feel it. I'm that way yeah. with One Tree Hill. It's a, <laughs> it's a TV show. <laughs> <laughs> we always have the guests say, uh, keep it crispy. It's just how we end the episode. But you say it. You say, keep it crispy. Keep it crispy. You keep it crispy. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Now leaving Nerdist.com.